Welcome to the Livingstone Bible Church podcast. Livingstone Bible Church is located in Union, New Jersey, where we build lives on God's word. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for another beautiful Sunday you have blessed us with. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us to your sanctuary safe and sound, Father God. We don't take it for granted because there are people in other parts of the world where they don't have the same opportunity, where people have to disguise themselves, go into secret, um, and, and can't show their love for God outwardly, Father God. So for that, we just say thank you, Father God, and bless our brothers and sisters around the world who are going through these things right now, who are suffering for the gospel. Uh, Father God, bless all the church members um, at Livingstone Bible Church near and far. Um, it's vacation season, so we expect a lot of people traveling. Be with them on their flights. Be with them with um, if they're driving in a car, if someone else is driving them. Wherever they go, Father God, be with them, cover them, and protect them. Father God, Lord God, as we dive into your word, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you open up our hearts to receive. Speak to all of us, Father God, so that we can leave, so so that we don't leave here the same way we came. Amen. We leave here changed. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so Pastor, so Pastor told me last week said I'm gonna, he's going to be away this week, and so he wants me to handle the sermon. I said, Oh man, Pastor, you know, uh, you know, Pastor's experience, so you know he can prepare a sermon in one week. Me, I need a little bit more time, you know, to get my mind right, you know, see what the Lord is, you know, putting on my heart to want to talk about and, you know, just research and just put out uh, something, you know, that I feel that is, you know, everyone will walk away with. Hallelujah. So, so I put together something small. So, you know, you won't expect a long sermon from me. But, you know, pastors always say it's not going to be a long sermon. It ends up being a long sermon. So I'm hoping it's a short sermon. But, um, uh, but so let us turn to the book of Second Timothy. Hallelujah. So a part of what I want to talk about with us briefly is about what suffering for Christ is and what does that mean. Um, In the book of 2 Timothy, um, our primary verses that we'll be focusing on is um, the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses, let me go there in my Bible myself, hallelujah. So it'll be in the book of 2 Timothy, our primary verses will be from chapter 2 of 2 Timothy from verses 1 to verse 7. But before I go there, I just want to I just want to break down, or at least let you know what the background is of what's going on. So as you know, Paul at this time is in jail. He's in prison, um, and this is actually one of the last letters he was writing. Why? Because Paul was about to be executed. He was about to be executed for the gospel. Um, and what's so uh, important about this was that what he was writing to Timothy was was an urging, you know, telling him to keep keep the faith, continue to be faithful. Um, and that, you know what, you know, what, you, what you're about to do is what he's already done, you know, which is spread the gospel, continuing that. And that's what the premise about Second Timothy is, is about. It's, about. it's about suffering for Christ. It's about being a proper disciple for Christ. Um, and that's why this part of the letter is very personal. It's very personal. So if you look at the beginning of chapter 1 of Second Timothy, Timothy calls him my beloved child. That just shows to let you know how close of their relationship was. It was like a spiritual father and his, and his youngest child. It's like, it's, an example would be like Pastor Chris writing me a letter. You know, Pastor Chris calls me his fourth son all the time. So, you know, um, it's just that represents that closeness that they have and everything like that. So what, now, what I want us to, to walk away with today is if you look in uh, chapter two, it's the three metaphors that Paul gives of what discipleship looks like, of what suffering in Christ looks like. So I'm going to read it for us, and then we'll break it down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. And trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ, of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Okay? It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord, I will give you understanding in everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What Paul lays here is very, very, very important, and it's very important to all of us. Why? Because being a Christian is also being a disciple. It's the same thing. What is a disciple? Someone constantly learning to be like Christ. And that's what our Christian life is supposed to be like. And here, Paul uses three metaphors of, an, of a soldier, of an athlete, and of a farmer. And that all represents discipleship. So now, the first thing first, you think about what a soldier is. Now, let me take a back step. Paul is writing this back in the day, okay? So if someone's looking for a contemporary version, you know, you got to understand how Paul is writing it. Because Paul was very wise. He writes it in a way so that people understand it. If you're back there in Rome, it's not uncommon for you to see soldiers all the time. That's actually a, day, a way of life. You know, you see a soldier on the street. Um, a lot of their games that they did back then were using soldiers. Like, you see the movie Gladiator. And different, different, seeing soldiers are a way of life. But what, was, what is unique here about what he's saying is the first step of being a good soldier for Christ, of being a good disciple for Christ, you have to share in the suffering of Christ. That's big. Why? Because what happens is, a lot of times we see on TV, we see in just regular popular culture, anything, a lot of people want the gospel of God, they want the benefits, they want the good, they want the prosperity. But a lot of people take out what else comes with it, the suffering. A lot of people just say, everything's going to be rosy, you're not going to go through tough times, you're not going to go through trials and tribulation. That is a false gospel. That's a gospel where you make it what you want to be. It's almost like Burger King. You can have it your way. Give me the burger. I don't want the pickles. Give me the sandwich. I don't want the lettuce. And that is incorrect. If, you're, if you are a Christian, if you want to follow Christ, hard times are going to come. If they haven't come yet in your life, they're going to come. And that's not me saying something negative or putting negative in your life, but it's a fact of reality. If you're a Christian, tough times are going to come. How are you going to respond? That's very, very important. You think about a soldier. What does a soldier do in time of war? They don't run from battle. If you run from that battle, you ain't this real soldier. You're going to fight. You're going to fight. And there are things that we all are going through in our own lives that we have to fight for. There are things that we are going, maybe in our workplace, maybe you can't openly profess that you're a Christian. Maybe people have made fun of you being a Christian growing up. You know, maybe you, were, you grew up a Muslim and then you became Christian and your family is uh, um, exiling you. You know, it's a very tough thing to, to, to be a disciple of Christ because there's going to be so much stuff. But as a soldier, a soldier is prepared for battle. Um, and, and, and they don't lose sight of the focus of what God is putting them on. So if you continue on that verse, sharing the suffering, that's the first step. You've got to share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ. Next thing, don't get entangled in civilian pursuits. Now, you, you, you want to you you know what civilian pursuits is. Civilian pursuits, there's nothing wrong with having civilian pursuits. It's, civilian pursuits just means the normal way of life. You know, you got a job, you got kids, you got family, you know, you may be in this association, you know, you may be in this group and everything. All that is well and good. But the premise of what he's trying to say is, if you lose the focus of serving Christ because of those things, 
that's where you've missed the mark. A soldier is one-minded, a soldier is focused. When you're part of a, pl a platoon, your goal is to accomplish whatever the mission the commander has set for you. The commander then asks you to start doing this side journey. If you're at this post, that's your focus right there. And that's how God wants us to be with his mission for us, to spread the gospel, to be focused on that, to live a life that's worthy of him. So everything that we're doing here, you know, it's all well and good. It's all well and good, but don't let it distract you from your personal relationship with Christ. That's the number one focus we need to have in everything. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a VP. I don't care if you're the head of Uber. I don't care if you're the head of this next startup. I don't care if you won the lottery. All those are well and good. Go for it, strive for it. But if you let it take away from your focus on what it is to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Christ, you've missed the mark. You don't want to, you don't want to mess with your relationship. I see so many times where you have parents that are so, so, so involved in the life of their children and everything, which is great. And I and, and I encourage parents to be very active in that process. It's very important. But also parents too. That doesn't mean you forget to pray. That doesn't mean you forget to have your own fellowship with God. That goes for the same person that has a girlfriend and they're just so enthralled in their girlfriend. Or a boyfriend so enthralled, or a girlfriend so enthralled in their boyfriend. Or someone that's just so buried in their work. You know, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that are workaholics. I know people that are workaholics. But what time are you also setting for your time with God? Okay? You gotta work. Because you don't work, you don't eat. That's important. But also, as a soldier, we have to make sure that nothing is taken off, off our, off, us off our mission. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and the third part of this, so the first part, you know, as a, a good soldier for Christ, you've got to share in the suffering. You can't lose your focus, so you've got to be single-minded. Single-minded, but also your aim is to please the one who enlisted you. The person that has enlisted us is Christ. It's God. That's who we need to be pleasing every day of life. Every day of life. Not just on Sunday. A lot of times people just take um, the Christian walk to be on Sunday. Sunday is all well and good. But Monday through Saturday is probably even more important than Sunday. Because that's where you're tested. That's where you, you know, you're not here in the church. How are you going to get fed? So that's where you have to make it a point to stay plugged into God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and also why I also want to bring up why soldiers are so important based on this. If, if you've seen the movie Gladiator. If you see the movie, when you're a soldier in the Roman army at that time, it's a job that's 24-7, honestly. It's, unless, unless the commander or Caesar tells you to go home, you're not going home. And, and that's how zealous God wants us to be for him, so focused on him. So if you watch the movie Gladiator, there's a scene where, um, I forget, the I think Russell Crowe was the star of Gladiator, and when he wins the battle, and, and Caesar says, what do, you, what do you want? You know what he said? I just want to go home. Because soldiers are always at work, especially back in those days. So let's always just be so tirelessly working for God. Very, very, very important. Um, secondly, that I also want us to bring up, that um, moving along here, is that if you look at verse 5, it says, An athlete is not crowned unless he completes, competes according to the rules. Hallelujah. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Hallelujah. Now... Like I said, Paul is talking to the people there at that time. So where, where would you see a lot of athletes at that time? Um, Greek Olympics, okay? So during that time, the Greek Olympics are very popular. I mean, um, well, they call it the Greek Olympiad back then. And that's where we have the Olympics today. That's where they're right from. Now, you have to ask yourself, what were the rules to be in the Olympics back then? What you had to be 
Greek. You have to be born Greek, okay? Two, you actually have to follow a year of training, about 10 months it was, um, for you to train, to be an athlete with them. And, and then third, you have to follow the rules of whatever the game was. So the different games that they had back then in the Greek Olympics, you had chariot racing, you had hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, you had um, the earliest forms of like the discus and the javelin, except that it was just like a big round rock that you threw, but that's pretty much discus and javelin and everything like that. But you see those are the three rules. Now you may ask Moses, how does that connect to the life of a Christian? How does that connect to us, that God, how God wants us to be as a disciple of Christ? Because us, us as a disciple of Christ, we also have rules too. The first rule is you have to be a born-again Christian. You have to be a born-again Christian. And that's not just, oh, you know, I, I was born a Christian. I was born into a Christian family. Uh, I was just going to church all my life and everything like that. I just come in, hunky-dory, leave, come back on Sunday, leave. No, no, no. You know, being a Christian is more than that. Something that resonates deep within you. And you're constantly pursuing being a better Christian every day. The first rule of being an athlete for Christ, being a disciple of Christ, you know, is being born again. And also what connects What's so special about athletes? Athletes are disciplined. Femi, no. Femi, I see Femi all the time. Femi always at the gym. Femi always at the gym running from you know, from Maplewood, Springfield Avenue, down to Newark and back. You know, don't worry, I got my eye on him, after. Don't worry. But but that just shows you the dedication a lot of athletes have. What's what more of us as disciples of Christ? We also have spiritual disciplines that we need to follow. What are our spiritual disciplines? We have to read our word. And when I say read our word, it's not just open the Bible app, you just read the verse in the day. It's not just, oh, you know, someone posts a verse in, in, in the church WhatsApp and that's the only verse you're reading for the day. No, you've got to set time to really read the word of God. Really break it down. Really let it resonate with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to study it. It's, you know, it's one thing to read it and it's one thing to actually study it. Let me understand what that word means back then. How does this connect? How does this, how does this help me be a better person? You have to be in prayer. That's another spiritual discipline. Prayer is everything. You can't walk this life without being, uh, being in prayer. You gotta pray at all times, man. You gotta be, stay connected to the Father. Also, you gotta fast. You know, fast is another tool in our arsenal for us to be connected to the Father, for us to grow our spiritual lives. Those are our spiritual disciplines that we need to be disciplined. Athletes, they have their own regimen where they're running, where they're doing pool workouts, where they're on a strict nutritious diet, you know, whether they're talking to their agent, they're doing this, they're doing that. What's so more us, us Christians? What are our spiritual disciplines? I just laid that out for you. And we need to take it seriously. We need to take it seriously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because why? Some, some Christians aren't diligently following these rules. Some Christians aren't diligently praying. Some of them aren't really in their word. Some of them aren't engaging with their Christian life. It's very, very important that we don't forsake what we have here. Because when you look about it, we're, we're talking about suffering for Christ and all those things. There are so many people around the world. We, we pray about it every Sunday. And it's funny, it's funny when, when we pray about it every Sunday. As I growing up as a child, and my mom always does global prayer for so long. As a child, you know, when you're saying pray for Raj in another country, it doesn't really connect with me. In the beginning, they usually connect it because why? I'm not seeing this person. I'm here in America. I'm not really worrying about what's happening. But as you take as you take that intentional step to actually read what's happening around the different worlds, it's really heartbreaking to see what other people are going through. Other people that look just like you and me, that just want to just, that just want to praise God. 
that just want to see, share the word of God. It's really disheartening to see what happens. And, and to see the, the lengths to which people are doing what they're doing to spread the word of God. Some people are disguising the Bible and the other thing. Some people have to airdrop Bibles in certain areas. Some people have to take a cart with a donkey and hide the Bible underneath the, uh, the chariot that um, the donkey's holding. And they put food props on top of it so it looks like they're just you know, delivering food. When in fact, they're actually you know, smuggling in Bibles. All of that. All of that. Whereas here, you know, we could just open up our Bible app, bring our Bible, drive to church, enjoy God, and everything like that. So let us not take it for granted. Let us hearken to these spiritual disciplines. They're very, very, very important to us. Hallelujah. Amen. The third metaphor that Paul also uses for us, for us to be disciples of Christ, you know, for us to share in that suffering is, in verse 6, it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have their first share of the crops. The, it's the hard-working farmer who is to have their first share of the crops. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when you read that, you might say, Moses, how does that connect? You know, like, you know, what are the crops who are, you know? So let's turn over to uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 to 29. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get there, say hallelujah for me. Hallelujah. Oh, you there already? Are you there already? All right, now. I like that. I like that. You beat me to it. Hallelujah. Give me one second. Amen, amen. I hope you gained something here. Amen. Give me one second. Y'all there already? All right, all right, all right. So... Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. Somebody read that for me. You said 20 to 29? Uh, 28 to 29. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Awesome. To this end, I labor struggling with all this, all this energy, which so powerfully works in Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm going to repeat that one, and I also want to bring up another verse, too, because both of these verses connect to that, um, that I want to bring up. That's very, very important that I get this across the right way. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Hallelujah. Okay, so Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 to 38. So that one reads, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Hallelujah. So if you look in the verse that we were originally reading in 2 Timothy, in my version is ESV, in some versions they use the word toil. Toil. When you're toiling something, you're really... You're really working. You put your elbow grease into it, and that's the life of a farmer, a hardworking farmer. A farmer is planting seeds, waiting for the crops to mature, waiting for the crops to grow. Why? So there's a big harvest in the end of it. And same way, when you're trying to disciple someone to follow Christ, you want them to grow. You want them to grow in Christ. Um, Earlier in the book of 2 Timothy, he talks about entrusting people with the word of God. When you entrust somebody with the word of God, you just don't give them the word. You walk closely with them so that you can see them grow with the word of God. Um, 
it's just like when you have a, a, a when you when you're helping a child grow up. You just don't tell the child to do something. You're going to, you're going to see the, give the, tell the child to do something, and you're going to walk, watch them grow. Hallelujah. And if you look at Second um, um, Second Colossians here, he says, "Him we proclaim, we, we put him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me." We're t we, as disciples of Christ, we're supposed to help disciple other and present them as mature Christians to God. They are the crops. They are the crops. We are the farmers. Us laboring in Christ. And if you look, and if you go over to Matthew that I read, you'll also see where God talks about. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. You know it's a little warm in here, so bear with me. So if you if you see what you saw there, you connect it back into Matthew. You also see that Jesus talked about harvest, talked about crops. So what I'm saying here is not offline. He says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, that he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We are the laborers. We are the laborers. We are the hardworking farmers. Trying to help other Christians mature and grow in Christ. And, and, and what's beautiful about that is that when we help other people mature and grow in Christ, they're going to help other people mature and grow in Christ. We're not, it's not just about us. This is about the kingdom and helping other people know who God is, spread the word of God, and continue to grow in his word. Hallelujah. That was Matthew chapter chapter 9, verses 37 to 38. Hallelujah. That he said to the, to the, to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, we pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need to be like a hardworking farmer. Helping people mature to know Christ. What do you think we're doing when we have, you know, our, our singles ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, children's ministry? There's a purpose behind those things. These aren't social clubs. These aren't social clubs. It's times where we're planting seeds of faith in many different people. Praying that, helping them grow into mature Christians. The only reason why I'm up here right now is sharing the little bit, I know the little knowledge I know, is just from Pastor Chris and, and the people in this church planting seeds in me when I was young. And now, as I'm older, you know, as a growing crop, just acting out on it, constantly growing and maturing. And that's the life that we need to have with other people in our lives, whether they're our children, whether they're our family members. I spoke the, in, in January, the first sermon I gave, I spoke about community, how we all need to be connected. The, the second sermon I gave was on Mother's Day, when I spoke about how all the mothers, they're mothers to their children, but not, uh, but not only their children the mothers to everybody in the community. Because we all need to grow with each other. And it all means that we are all disciples of Christ and we need to help each other walk. Walk. Walk on this journey to be better Christians every day. Hallelujah. 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 And to, so, so just to round it up, just to round it up, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, knowing that he's going to die, knowing that Timothy's going to be the next person to carry this mantle of spreading the gospel uh, around the world, where he is, and beyond. And my, I employ all of us just to take this letter, read this letter on our own time, read all three chapters. They're so impactful. They're so important because the life of a Christian is not easy. A life of a Christian is not easy. We got to be, we got to be soldier-like because when there's, when there's tragedy, when there's danger, we got to stand strong. We gotta pray, we gotta fight, we gotta be there for other people. Because people need you when they need you, not when it's convenient for you. 
And to be obedient to the word is never convenient. It's going to come at the hardest of times. But as a soldier is so very obedient and diligent, so are we. We can definitely do that. And as an athlete, we need to be disciplined in our spiritual life with praying, with reading our words, spreading the word of God, fasting, very important to us. But also as a farmer, we need to tend to the crops. We need to tend to the people in this community, making sure that they're growing like mature Christians. Because that's what's so important. That's what's so important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you gained a little something there, all right? Hallelujah. So I'll just close this up in prayer. Um, it's always a beautiful thing to spread the word of God. Um, and I just pray that it touches you in a new way like never before. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for the message of what it is to suffer in Christ, what it is to be a disciple of Christ, to grow in Christ, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that in every circle or aspect of our life, Father God, that you use us, that you use us for your glory. Whether it's in our own family's life, whether it's in our circle of friends, whether it's on the job. Father God, wherever that you have positioned us, Father God, use us. Use us for your glory. Help us to stay connected to you at all times, Father God, so that we can hear your voice, Father God. Father God, it would be meaningless to go through life and not have a connection and relationship with you, Father God. And we pray, Lord, that through these words, that you shall help us draw us close to you, talk to us, speak to us, so that we can be laborers in your kingdom and also help raise up the next generation of laborers for you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Livingstone Bible Church podcast. We hope you were richly blessed by this podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram.